We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri. Coming at you uh, on uh, Monday morning. So releasing this episode a little bit later than usual. I'll get to what this episode is in a bit. We, we had a fun little concept for uh, today's Monday show. Uh, the reason we're coming at you a little bit later is we wanted to get as full a FIBA recap uh, your way as possible. So Team USA played this morning. Uh, Monday morning against Greece. That makes it two games in the books for both Team USA and Team Canada, uh, which are the two teams that house the, um, I'm not going to say just relevant uh, Knicks, the most relevant Knicks. Um, don't want to, I, I don't want to, I don't want to bash Evan 48 when he's down. Uh, so we're going to talk about FIBA real quick and then I'll, I'll talk about what you're about to hear on, on the episode today. So, um, no surprises. That's the long and the short of it. No surprises this weekend, at least in terms of USA and Canada. Um, we'll start with Team USA. Uh, they, uh, a couple days after they beat New Zealand in a game that was kind of close for a while. I mean, USA had a single digit uh, lead at halftime in that game. Uh, they ended up running away with it in the second half, won the game by 27 points. Uh, Jalen Brunson, kind of a modest stat line, 10 points, four assists, four rebounds. Uh, he was, as he's been for most of this tournament, uh, solid. Uh, didn't really need to do a lot of scoring. Uh, the biggest scoring guy for Team USA in that game was actually Paolo Boncaro. Scored 21 points on 10 shots, uh, mostly playing the center position. He's been... I don't want to say revelation because I mean, the dude won rookie of the year and he's awesome. But uh, I think definitely Paolo maybe opening a few eyes uh, for people who may not be as familiar with, with his uh, exploits. And for me, the biggest thing and the biggest question I had coming into team USA's games this weekend um, was that Josh Hart remained part of the rotation, which I think there was some question as to whether he would, I mean, team USA's roster construction is a little funky because by using Paolo Boncaro at center, essentially four of their 12 roster spots are using at the center position because Bobby Portis and Walker Kessler are both pretty much exclusively centers on this team as well. So that only leaves eight guys. Um, you would figure that Josh Hart would get time off the bench alongside uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Austin Reeves and Cam Johnson. And indeed he has uh, in both games only scored a couple of points in that first game. Um, Bigger impact in the win over Greece, which, again, just happened a little while ago as I'm recording this. It was a 28-point victory. So, again, and this one, I, I would say, Team U, you know, again, kind of close score early on. USA had 23-19 uh, lead after one quarter. But this one, it felt like Team USA was a little bit more in control for more of this game. Um, not that anybody thought they were really going to lose to New Zealand, but I would argue that Josh Hart was the bigger, the bigger um, of the two Knicks in terms of of performance. Eleven rebounds um, in this game. The next most for a Team USA player was five, and that was from Austin Reeves. Uh, put a different way, Josh Hart had as many offensive rebounds five 
as any other Team USA player uh, did in terms of total rebounds. Showing the rest of the world uh, who may not be familiar with Josh Hart's uh, game and how he kind of makes his impact uh, exactly what he's all about, which was really cool to see. And he's going to continue to get get time for this team. He's going to continue to become an be an important player for the team at a nice transition finish in this game. Um, he's just going to keep doing all the little things. Had five assists. I should note that was also a team lead. Austin Reeves had six. And then uh, Jalen Brunson, you know, 13 points, perfect from the field, five of five shooting. He's just, I think, going to continue to be really good. Uh, him and Tyrese Halliburton forming something of a two-headed point guard monster. Um, as will surprise no one who knows anything about me, the Brunson versus Halliburton conversation is I'm not sure anything could be less interesting to me. Um they're both really good players. They're different players. There will be times when one guy gets the nod over the other. And frankly, I don't really think it matters. Like, I'm sure Halliburton is going to have some games where he stands out more than Brunson. I'm sure Brunson's going to have some games where he stands out more than Halliburton. Doesn't make a damn of difference to me. They're both really, really good NBA players. And um, and they're both serving an important role for for this team. So good weekend for Team USA. Equally good weekend. And actually, I would probably argue a, a even better weekend for Team Canada. So it was supposed to be the game of the opening round, Team Canada versus Team France, and it lived up to its billing for about a half. And then the second half, Canada just blew the doors off of uh, Team France in a, a pretty embarrassing fashion. And RJ didn't have a good shooting game in that game that we were talking back on Friday morning. That game was played. I think he only went one for 10, but it didn't really matter because as a team, Canada's really firing on all cylinders. And you want to talk about firing on all cylinders in their second game, set a FIBA record, 44 assists. I think the team shot 70 something percent from the field. Um, RJ led them in scoring, but that's a little bit of a misnomer because it was really a balanced scoring effort. I think, uh, yeah, nine players for team Canada were in double figures. Uh, in that uh, their second win, which was a uh, 55 point utter thrashing of the um, of the uh, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on who the hell they played a team that is not very good. Um, and <laughs> they they should have won this game, but still a 55 point win is a 55 point win. So uh, we'll we'll take. I want to say it was like Liberia, Lebanon. Okay, there we go, Lebanon. That's it. GMAC is tell, telling me in the chat who it was. Um, yeah. Now, now, if there's any Lebanese listeners to me listening to me uh, out there, they're going to be pretty upset. Um, so yeah. Um, but RJ did lead the team scoring 17 points on 12 shots. Took the most shots. Um, took 12 shots. Uh, SGA only took eight. Um, I don't think anybody else on the team took more than eight. Um, so yeah, I mean, Canada and USA look like the two favorites. They're on a collision course probably with each other and that's going to be fun if it happens. I hope it does happen. Um, because it'll be a great game. It will pit obviously RJ versus Brunson and Hart, but I want to see that game. Uh, so that's that. And then we should, you know, we should mention that the biggest story of, uh, the opening round so far through four days of FIBA is that Team France uh, is not going to medal. They've been eliminated already. Still going to go to the Olympics by virtue of them being the host company, co- company uh, host country in, in uh, a year from now. Uh, but after that uh, blowout, what it turned out to be a blowout loss against Canada, they lost a two-point game to Latvia, which if Christoph Porzingis was playing, you'd understand it. KP wasn't playing in this game. Um, amazing win for the Latvians. Uh, France had a, had a chance to win it at the end. They were down by two. They trapped Fournier up high. He didn't get a shot off, had to pass it off. And um, I forget who it was, missed the final shot, uh, a three to win it at the buzzer, didn't go in. So pretty big news um, that France, uh, you know, is is meekly going out of the World Cup. Uh, that's really it. Uh, there's not really much more to say about FIBA at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm sorry if you were hoping to hear some in-depth uh, talk about, you know, South Sudan and the Ivory Coast, but that's, you know, maybe, maybe another time. Um, so this podcast you're about to hear, uh, I won't say a lot about it because we go through the full, full thing of it, um, at the beginning of the episode, but in short, 
Uh, we are drafting myself, Andrew Cohen, Andrew Cohen. My God, where's my head today? I'm combining Andrew and Jeremy. Andrew Claudio and Jeremy Cohen are drafting the best active former Knicks. And best is in air quotes because there aren't a whole lot of active former Knicks in the league, but we are drafting teams comprised exclusively of former Knicks. Um, we recorded this on Friday. We had a lot of fun with it. I think you will have a lot of fun listening to it. Um, that is all I have to say. Um, now let us uh, go to that episode. Uh, but before that, a few words from our friends at Weiss and Rosenblum. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. I just have one question. Are we drafting for the players as they exist today or at their peak? No, as they exist today. You're putting okay. the best possible team together for the 23-24 season. You're also drafting, um, if you want to try and win the popular vote, we're going to have Twitter decide who wins this. Um, so that that may affect who you draft and what hives you want to cater to. Um, but that's that's... Those are the rules as of right now. I would just like to say before we draw cards, all of these teams, whatever combinations that we're going to make, it would just be absolute ass. Just, <laughs> I know that the six pack ass. They're the, terrible. The challenges. Can one of us draft a team that would not finish last next season? I don't think it's possible. I don't because think it's possible. so many of these players are at the end of a bench or they're just not very good because. You know, as I was looking through these rosters, there were two things came to mind. Reminded me how much roster turnover there has been over the last 10 or so years and how so many of these players that are not on the Knicks anymore are just terrible. Just not good. Not all of them. There's some good players that are going to be on this list. There's some players who are fine, but there are others who are just like, you're you're probably not in a rotation and I have to draft you and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. The whole inspiration behind this idea, and I don't know if uh, Jeremy, you you were a Knicks fan at this point. Throughout the the mid two thousands, it felt like every playoff game I was watching had a former Nick on it. That like, oh, this team gave up on this guy too soon. This team traded this person away without valuing them um, correctly. You know, obviously you have the teardown that was Donnie Walsh showing up, and then oh yeah, we have we have cap space. We're looking forward to the summer of twenty ten, but. Zach Randolph is in the playoffs and Nate Robinson is in the playoffs and Jamal Crawford tough. is in the that playoffs. And you're wondering what could have been. You see David Lee win a title with the Warriors and even Stefan Marbury go to the second round with the, uh, with the Boston Celtics. And you know that the numbers seem to be much higher. And I, I don't know if this is fully a testament to what the Knicks currently have, that there's actually some stability. You know, John, you mentioned the newsletter the other day that Mitch is about to become yep. what the, the, the second Nick this century to play six seasons in a row in a row with the Knicks. And it's him and Mello. It, it's almost worse when you mention the other Nick that played at least six seasons with the Knicks since 2000. They weren't consecutive. It's Jared Jeffries. Yeah. So like when you think about tenure and like Jared Jeffries is one of the top three names, that's not, I, I like Jared Jeffries <laughs> as, as has been well documented. Uh, that's not great. You know, so I liked the second go around version of Jared yeah. Jeffries, not the one that they signed in free agency. And I mean, that maybe that just be perspective of, but like Jared Jeffries was a former Nick at one point where it's like, oh, we signed Jared Jeffries and then he went someplace else and then he showed back up on the Knicks. Let me say this. I, I am thankful that we don't have to deal with 
for as much torture as has been included in Nick's history, most of that I put under the umbrella of guys that we should have probably drafted and didn't. There haven't been too many players that like we got were on the roster and then went there, went whatever way they went and then like truly blew up at another place. You mentioned some names of guys who like contributed to playoff teams and like a couple that contributed to championships, but like, you know, I'm thinking of like uh, the first one that pops in my head, like a, a, an SGA situation where like the Clippers had that mm. dude and then they traded. Like we don't have to deal, I don't think, with anything like that unless I'm, unless I'm forgetting um, someone obvious, but I don't, I don't think I am. Um, anything else? You have, your, you have your, your scientific system of picking uh, who goes first. Ready? Let's do it. So we hear will, the shuffle. I'll, I, I will shuffle again to make sure. RJ can't buy a bucket right now, by the way. But we are not overreacting to FIBA. That works both ways. We don't overreact are- when he's good in FIBA. We don't overreact when he's bad in FIBA. The only stakes of- involved with France and Canada is that the winner of this game gets Quebec. That's really it. I and mean, there's not a whole lot to play for other than that. I was going to ask, is uh, Evan Fournier eligible to be drafted in this draft yet? But I think I'm not going to that question. He's not, not a yet. former. Future no. former. <laughs> that would be a fun draft. I would, yeah. Manual quickly, number one pick. All right, you ready? Yep. John, your card is a four of hearts. Apologies, I like sir. I, I wanted a top pick, but that's all right. I'll deal with it. Why? Is there a drop-off after number one <laughs> that she might be talking about? Um, I go second. My card is a seven of clubs. All right, Jeremy, the it's looking up for you to potentially be uh, the one pick. I'll shuffle one more time. And then Jeremy, your card is a I'll take it from the top. Your card is a king of clubs. So Jeremy gets the one pick. I get the second pick. John, you get the third and the turn. Uh, and we're off. We're gonna do a starting five, a center, two forwards, and two guards. Um positional estimate on uh basketball reference is how we're deciding. The uh, positions, I believe, is that is that agreed upon amongst the group? I with with, with respect. With respect, I was about to or say. Do you want to do you want to no. like make it the Wild West? Like, if you want to put someone that's tall as your point guard, let's want to get you want to get froggy and jump. Go ahead. Let's get Wild West on it. I think right. we need a little bit of Wild West given the pool talent pool that we got it. From. Perfect. Kings get kings. Let's do this. And speaking of my king, I'm going to pick former king. Well, not actually Sacramento, but he was a, he was a king to us for for a few shining moments. I was like, what <laughs> what king are you taking? <laughs> uh, I will be selecting Kristaps Porzingis. He is the best player on this list by a very far margin. My biggest concern is that he would be healthy, but uh, you know. Are, are we playing one game here? Or are we doing like best of three with our teams? I don't know. Either way, this is an easy answer for me. It's Chris Dops. Um, I'll slot him in. And the beauty of it is I could have him be my four. Or maybe I could make him my five. I'll see how I feel. It, is this not the most obvious pick in the history of these things that we've done? I, um, it, I think it has to be. It's up there. It's up there. There's five one draft that we yes. did. There's one draft we did in terms of, I think it was last year with the best players ever. Oh, at each draft. So like, yeah, Jordan. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was, that felt like the top two were a no brainer in that draft. But this so, is, this but to close. your point, Jeremy, top two were no brainers because the second pick Correct. was Wilt. So like if we had an old head on here, like someone older than John, that was like, no, Wilt's the greatest ever. I would take him first over, over Michael. Man, Jordan. So, a quick aside. Wilt, like guys getting shot on 10 years after he died. I saw Simmons put out his like undisputed top six players ever. No, Will Chamberlain. That was a little, sp- and he, and he is a, he is an ax to grind, not an ax to grind, but like the, he, his section in the book on Wilt was pretty uh, said all you need to know about his opinion of the guy. Anyway, we're going off topic. I'm very curious to see where you go with this pick, Andrew, because I think there are a few different directions you could go. There's one direction I'm hoping you don't go because <laughs> I want things. Uh, but yeah, Anyway, so here's the problem is I know John Macri very well. I know there are several players you're not touching with either of your picks. So I wouldn't listen, man, at this list, I don't think you should be could be certain of anyone that I'm definitely not touching. I I'm actually 
pretty sure I'm, I'm I can be certain of certain players that you're not touching okay. again because I think I know you and maybe you'll surprise me maybe maybe you'll you'll pull a rabbit out of your hat but I think I can pass on a couple guys and go with and go with someone who despite the public outcry against this man when he was starting over one Emmanuel quickly it's at right. point guard two years ago. Um, I thought was a very productive Nick in his tenure, um, especially that first season and especially in game one against Atlanta, where we were RJ catching a loose ball away from potentially being up one, nothing in that series. And it, and it would have been a hero that came off the bench to score 27 points, 28 points. I forget the number, but it was a lot of points off the bench. Um, I'll go Alec Burks with my first pick and out of solidarity, uh, for the hilarious coaching decision that drove everybody nuts for half a season. Um, I will put him at my point guard. I will put him at guard. So Alec Burks. You don't have to decide that right now. Again, you don't need to, need to say what the positions are. It just needs to be a functional team. I'm saying as of right now, he is my point guard. And this is the beauty of Alec Burks. If I want to switch him to my forward later, I can. So, so Alec Burks will be my first pick. It's. I think it is the, the quote unquote, the correct pick. Because Alec Burks is really good. Uh, at some point, he won't be really good anymore. But like, man, talk about a guy who just keeps aging like a fine wine. Um, I hope he ends up on a playoff team this year. I, and if he does, I bet you, I, I think we all agree he'd play me- meaningful minutes for, for that playoff team. Um, <laughs> you, sir. Uh-huh. You, sir. Thought you could have your cake and eat it too. Um, however, you did not count on the fact that I... I have a couple, even though I did not get dealt an ace in this exercise. I have a couple aces up my sleeve. Uh, my first pick is going to be the one guy, I think, um, on this list that is, correct me if I'm wrong, playing in FIBA. Um, he's also, I think, clearly one of the top three former Knicks. That's Bobby Portis. Um Playing for Team USA right now. Did, did I say I, that's correct, right? I don't think any other former Nick is currently playing in FIBA. Uh, that's actually incorrect. There's another one. Okay, then you when I, I'm not going to ask you to name who it is, but when when they come up, if they come up, I'm probably can, not going to pick them, but I will hold on to it until later. Jeremy, Greece. well, are they an NBA player though? Not Greece. Actually, uh, there that does make two. There, there are actually two others. Greece okay. is one of them. And then, oh. well, well, I'll hold on to the other. What? Okay, hold on. Yeah. I'm going to take Portis. Portis, Bobby Portis. Again, talk about a guy that I wasn't a huge fan of, like a lot of Nick fans, I think, when he was here. Um, he's really found uh, the perfect home uh, in Milwaukee as part of their three-man, big-man rotation. Uh, his shooting, obviously, is, is a, a big plus for them. And like the way he can... I mean, he, you could play him next to Lopez, but really, it's the fact that you could play him next to Giannis where they could kind of toggle between the four and the five, both on defense and on offense in terms of the roles that they play um, in terms of the team that I'm building here. Wouldn't it be nice if I could pair him with another big man that could benefit from the fact that Bobby Portis could space the floor. And even though the <laughs> two of them maybe are not individually very good uh, individual defenders, um, could I construct such a roster where there's a lot of switching, you know, all these all these sorts of things that I'm sure whatever whoever I get to coach this team will will figure out. So my second pick's gonna be Obi Toppin. Um and Jeremy the guy I knew you were you knew you thought you knew I wasn't gonna take. And Jeremy, this is how you Jedi mind trick someone into selecting Obi Toppin. I, sure. You you, you <laughs> try to convince the listeners of that. No, I think look, are there other Possible candidates for this spot, absolutely. Um, but those possible candidates are again, unless I'm missing someone, either on the older side, or if they are on the younger side, um, I think we are pretty sure what they are and are sure what they're not. And for as much as I poo-poo the idea that Obi Toppin is an all-star upside, and I'm not changing that, I do think he definitely has an upside that we haven't seen yet. Um, and it's just a matter of him being on the right roster with the right kind of fit. So. Uh, Bobby Portis and Obi Toppin, welcome aboard. Look at that. You starting Obi Toppin at, at forward. I'm, I'm impressed. Start, he's the centerpiece of my team. I know. As of right now, he's probably the best player on your team. Bobby Portis being a nice 
complimentary piece off the bench. That's, you now have that's disrespectful what? Bobby Portis, but I think I think Obi Toppin is better than uh, this. Is my my projection, not yours? Maybe we'll see what the listeners think. Um, now it's my turn, and well, yeah, I was thinking I would end up with Obi on the turn. Um, I. I'm glad that he didn't fall away back here. And I also think there was a better player than Obi Toppin that was available left. Although this is after Chris Stops, I'm sure you guys would agree. It's kind of beauty in the eye of the beholder. Um, I will go to a former Nick that was part of the Chris Stops Porzingis trade. Uh, um, and I will go to Dallas and take Timothy Hardaway Jr. With my next pick. Interesting backcourt you got there, Timmy and Alec Burks. Um, there will be a lot of points off the bench, even though these are my starting backcourt players. <laughs> no, so there are no points yeah. off the bench. It's just your starting. I know. Start. I know. <laughs> yeah, like both guys, could you could you rely? It's like it's become clear with both of their career. It's kind of it's funny because like I'm not gonna say they're similar players, but both guys at different points in their career, you're like, okay, if this guy needs to be like the nominal point guard for a bit, you could survive, and that's part of their value. What we also know about both of them is that you do not want these guys to rely on these guys as your point guard for any sustained stretch of time. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that one works out for you. I remember the second go around with Timmy and how in the beginning it was a uh, because I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. The Knicks have the 2017 draft happen. The drama with Phil, where he almost traded Porzingis. Melo's still technically on the team and there's rumors coming out that he might like Phil might sign Derek Rose to a hundred million dollars. Phil gets the ax and yeah. or him and Dolan agree to part ways. A week goes by of rumors that um, who's the guy in charge of New Orleans now? Oh, uh, David Griffin is going to take the Griffin job. David Griffin was going to take yeah. the job and he was like yep. on a plane to yep. his interview That's with the, the Knicks story. and Steve Mills signed Tim Hardaway Jr. to the contract during restricted free agency. And he like rerouted his plane. He was like, second thought, I don't think I'll go work for the New York Knicks. Um, and he was kind of the way Alan Houston during the back half of his career was framed through his contract. And we judged him not by his performance, but by his contract. Timmy was judged by his contract. And it was like, all right, he's actually not terrible, but we're judging him based off of the the market value and I think he's now found a nice he found well, a nice home in Dallas and then got the exact same contract again I was, when, he, when he resigned. I was about to say his life cycle in Dallas is almost identical to his the life cycle of his second go around with the Knicks where again I'm not I think it's a fine a perfectly fine pick at this point in the draft and I'm not saying he's a bad player I think if you were to make a list of the 10 worst contracts in the league but what Timmy has two years left on his deal. I whatever we don't mm-hmm. have to go down this road. It's but descending, like, though, it is the same. I, he's in the conversation for like because there aren't that many really bad contracts anymore. And and he, I do not think, but Timmy at this point gets the benefit of the doubt of being a neutral asset. Let's just say that I think he you probably still categorize him as a negative asset on this contract, which he was characterized uh, characterized as when they uh, included him with with Kristaps. Anyway, All right, Jeremy, two picks. So. Seeing as how I know we're not doing strictly positional, but it's tough out there in terms of uh, point guards and guard lead ball handlers who are on an active roster used to be on the Knicks. So I'm going to go with Dennis Smith Jr. for this mm. pick. And you know, the thing about the thing about Dennis Smith Jr. is his defense has really improved. He was one of the better defenders in the NBA last year. It's just a lot of the offensive game where he struggles, but I feel like the pairing that I have right now of KP and Dennis Smith Jr. I'm, you know, look, it's, it, these teams aren't going to go to the playoffs, but if we're talking about the duration of a season, I don't love where I'm at, but I probably wouldn't love where I'm at with any of these spots. So uh, I'm going to go with Dennis Smith Jr. Now the question is, where do I go after this? And this is a tricky part for me. Uh, well, first let me, let me, I guess, as I kind of mull it over, I, I'll turn it over to you guys if you have any Dennis Smith Jr. thoughts. I just think it's funny that you've your first two picks are the two guys that were traded for each other. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I hadn't and, considered that. And I like we there were three players from the Kristaps trade currently um taken off the board so far. I think my only thoughts of Dennis Smith Jr., I think this is really a testament to 
what he's done with his career, yeah. you know, yeah. what he committed to becoming, whether it be accepting um, an assignment in the G League and then committing himself to being something that you have to play, even though he does have some limitations still to his game. And I'm like, I'm never going to say I'm excited to watch Brooklyn, but I am curious to see what he is in Brooklyn as a backup point guard. Um, it, it, yeah, it's also a reminder if you're a if you're a backcourt player and your shot is a question mark, it's like you, you kind of have to be great at some other like basically everything else to, yeah. to earn a, a consistent job uh, in a NBA rotation. Um, I think it's a fine pick, though. Yeah, yeah. My next pick will be. Someone this will probably push Porzingis to more of a five. Um, but you can I do some, some switching. Uh, it's gotta be again, not a huge fan of it because he, he did struggle a lot last year and I thought he would be traded. There's still time for him to be traded, but this would be uh former Nick current clipper Marcus Morris, mm. who mm. obviously gave the Knicks Emmanuel quickly, or the pick that turned into a pick that helped them get Emmanuel quickly as the Knicks did trade up. Uh, and then traded back and got it quickly. So, you know, I feel like I need to keep spacing the floor, especially since Dennis Smith Jr. will shrink that a bit in terms of his offensive abilities and Marcus Morris can just kind of hang out. Um, I recognize that I'm going to get killed on the boards most likely, but that's just got to give up something here. And I just think he's the best player on the board with where we're at. So, uh, Marcus Morris, you are once again. On this team, you what, don't say. <laughs> one of the one of the highest. If you go and sort every Nick that's ever played for the franchise, and you sort them by scoring average as a Nick, he's still pretty high up there because he he averaged almost twenty points. By the way, three point percentage is where I thought you're going with. By the way, also one of the highest three point percentages for a Nick yeah. in a single season. He shot like forty five percent from three during his half season there. During that season, so by the way. This is the first time the three of us have drafted since our both our wins and our losses draft. Our best Nick wins of the 21st century, best Nick losses, or worst Nick losses of the 21st century. And some of the feedback we got to the wins draft is that none of us brought up Marcus Morris and his heroics against Porzingis and Porzingis' first game oh back God, as a true. Nick. We did not mention That's... that game. Maybe, you know, maybe if we had different parameters and we had to select multiple games from non playoff years, right? That would have been mm -hmm. another, maybe it would, but we only had to do, I think, didn't we only have to do one of those or am I forgetting? I believe it was one game from a, it would, that draft happened like a month and a half ago. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not yeah. sure what, whatever what our parameters if we, were. If we had to have more than we did, I think that would have, that would have come up. Yeah. Um, Fair point. So that was my filibuster because you want to talk about best player available and then a drop off, Jeremy. Uh, Marcus <laughs> Morris was like, oh my gosh, he's going to take Marcus Morris and then I'm going to have nothing left. Um, you took my guy. I was going to take Tim Hardaway Jr. You're so. going to take Timmy? I, fair, okay. fair. I disagree with that sentiment, but that's just me. What, that there's a uh, better well, we, player that hasn't been taken? I, I don't think there's a huge... I think there's some... Again, we, with what we're talking about here, I think that comparatively, there's some, there's some talent on the board. Well, I, I know that you're talking about a current Laker who used to play for the Hawks <laughs> for the Blazers. But, oh yeah. my God! I didn't. I'll, oh, we'll oh, about this. I forgot we'll to write his name down. Of course, of course you did. That's of insane. For, by uh, the way, but how did I miss that? I, gee, I wonder. <laughs> I don't know. Crazy <laughs> oversight. I swear. Um, I I think I just glossed over it. That's not per nothing personal about that. You anyway. are a one of one, Jonathan Macri. So, um, really, so, I'm so sorry. Uh huh. Is it a meaningful apology? It was a meaning. <laughs> you beat me to it, Jeremy. <laughs> Most meaningful apology that has ever been given. Okay, so I am gonna take someone that. Um, yeah, I'll put him as a small forward. I'm going to take someone that played exactly two games with the Knicks. And it's someone that I found out is in the top 25 ever in three-pointers made in the NBA history. Mm -hmm. okay. Oh, my God. Was it only two games? He played yep. two games. He started terrible. one. Terrible. He was bad guy. in both games, and then God. the Knicks bought him out. Or he got hurt, or the Knicks bought him I, out? No, he I, went and joined a he went. Yeah, they, they bought him out. out. Okay. I wrote this guy's name no, down. They They just straight waved him. Oh, that they just the waved him. Yeah, okay. He didn't give any money back. So I'm taking Wesley Matthews. 
So I'm going to put him at small forward. Um, basketball reference puts him as a guard slash small forward. Uh, we're not beholden to those positional estimates, so I can do whatever I want here. But a uh, bit of a small team that I'm putting together so far. But we're going to we're going to shoot a lot and hopefully uh, make a ton of threes. But yeah, I we discovered this during Patreon, Jeremy, that John, John and I were discovered this during Patreon that Wesley Matthews, I believe, is 24th all time and three pointers made. And I never thought of him as like one of the greatest or more prolific three point shooters of all time. Just a bit of a compiler. And as a result, the era that he played in being drafted the same year as Steph till now, there was just an emphasis on people his size shooting threes, and he uh, was able to become that over time. So Wesley Matthews will be my pick. He he's twenty fourth now. You said right? Yeah. I think. In five in five years, is he going to be in the top forty? Oh, because people will have passed him. Probably probably not. Five years, but, I think he'll still be. He'll still be right. That's ten, that's a little aggressive. Ten he, ten years, no, no. But I'll say this: I think what you're saying is completely apt. Where he was an incredibly prolific. Uh, shooter and has been throughout his career. The most recent iterations of Wesley Matthews, which we're drafting for, mm-hmm. well, specifically this season, he's he's some you know the shine has worn off quite a bit. And he's thirty one percent last year. You're right. Yeah, but um, but I get I, it. It's a veteran pick where he's also still a, a not a not a not a slouch on defense. Um, I'm hoping they're still a little like when the Knicks got Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. And what he brought to the team was just like a calming presence and a veteran point guard that helped organize the chaos. And it was like, oh, we got we got Jason Kidd. He's going to help with these three pointers. And he shot like 27 percent from three that season. So I'm hoping for the same type of uptick from Wesley Matthews. This may be an awful pick now that I'm re re litigating it. I would not have gone with it, but I hate I'm it. you got to understand, Jeremy. I found out two days ago that this is one of the 25 greatest three point shooters in NBA history. Don't, don't put that's, it like that. that. <laughs> it's just blown my mind since. I, like, I hear you. Wondering, wondering what is Joe Flacco in passing yards? Right. Yeah, he's like the 11th, but. Okay, that's like me saying Joe Flacco is one of the 12 greatest quarterbacks ever. He is, statistically. He's got a, the 11th most passing yards. Get, oh, my God. You keep talking yourself into the pick that you just made. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's, it's, yeah, I'm yeah. up? You pick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy who's the better player at this point in his career, and that's Reggie Bullock with my first pick. He's the guy that if I couldn't get Alec Burks, damn well believe I, I was going to get Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock was talking about a guy who was just everything that this team needed and wanted and and then some. Has he been as good with uh, Dallas? Uh, he obviously always starts off shooting it cold over the first half of the year, but that's why we play 82. Um, and if I'm building my team around Obi and to a lesser extent Portis is my kind of foundational big men. I what do I want around them? I want shooting and I want defense. And Reggie Bullock, when he's on, um, he gives you both. <laughs> what? Sorry, I was just thinking he gives you neither. <laughs> he gives you- no, I mean, like, it, to be fair, to be absolutely fair to, to Bullock, he had a phenomenal season with the Knicks. And then he went to Dallas and he had a drop off where he went back to egress to the mean. And last season, he was just unplayable. He was one of the worst players in the NBA mm-hmm. by. Um, he played. Uh, oh, is- he, you can play, but it doesn't yeah. mean like that was a sunk cost, if anything. I mean, there was a sort of thing where there was a point deeper into the season where I believe he was shooting under 40% from the floor, under 30% from three and under 70% from the so line. He started 55 games. He averaged 30 minutes a game. He finished 
with a field goal percentage um, of 40.9%. Um, from three, he finished with a three-point percentage of 38% on five attempts a game. That's respectable. The reason he did was he had a few incredibly hot games that helped up his Listen. percentage. Look, I get it. At the end of the season, that's what the, the numbers say. It's just like we're looking at someone who through the majority of the season was quite difficult uh, to work with. Again, g- given the talent pool we're working with I here, I feel okay about this pick at this point in the draft. I'll just say that. Real quick, to Jeremy's point, first 34 games of the season was shooting 30, 34% from the field, 32% from three. Then to John's point, um, if you go after that point, uh, he shot over the final... <laughs> 44 games of the season. He shot 45% from the field and 42% from three. So it was literally a night and day of the first half of his season to the second half of his season. Very fair. No, I get it. Positionally, based on where we're at, I, I do understand it. I just, uh, I think the reminisce, there's some reminiscing of when he was very good under Tibbs and then left and has dropped off from there. Hey, hey Jeremy. Yes. Is he better than Wesley Matthews? Yes. I, I'm really regretting that pick. <laughs> he has six fewer threes than Kobe. I just need that stated for the record. Okay. Uh, so if he hits, talking, if he hits seven threes, is he a better player than Kobe? It, from three-point range? Oh he's got God. more. All right, John, you have a pick. All right. Um, I could try to get cute and hope that neither of you would draft this guy, but there's four more picks before I go again. So I'm not, I'm not going to put that at risk because Man, it would it would it would be it would be really cute if I as the last pick in this particular draft drafted a particular guy. Uh I don't want to have to be left with that decision. I'm taking Derek Rose. Um I think Derek Rose could still play. Uh who said it recently? Julius Randle, right? I think said something to the effect of like, yeah, that D Rose still has some some gas left in the tank. And um doesn't quite fit with the ethos that I just said a minute ago of uh building out the rest of my team with defense. And uh, and shooting uh, Rose's three point percentage kind of dropped off there a little bit um, over the second half of the twenty one twenty two season, and then went the little bit that he played this year. Um, but I want a strong point guard for this team, and if we know one thing about Derrick Rose, and I think should still translate, I like the connection with Obi Toppin. So um, Derrick Rose will be my next pick. I don't know how much Derek Rose still has. No disrespect to Julius Randle. I just don't know how much Derek Rose still has. We're going to find out because he's going to be playing in Memphis to start the year. I, well, good true because Jaws not. Um, the, so 25 games. Like, how about there? What, sorry, what if he plays and is like legitimately good? And mm. then Ja comes back. I mean, obviously, John Morant's going to play 30 whatever minutes when he comes back, but like, do they main, do they carve out a role for Rose even after? Jack comes back if like I don't know it should be interesting I don't think that Derrick Rose will be starting games because I feel is what will the Grizzlies will do is they will just move smart into the mm-hmm. primary ball handling role and then they'll have like Luke Kennard starting and and um shift up a little bit you know instead of or like that's um maybe you know, but they don't have a ton of wing depth that's that's strong. But maybe this is the chance for Zaire to to come about. But there's there's got to be something where I just feel like if they put Rose in a role that's not best suited for him, then they're taxing him a little too much. He's just better off. He you know he's great off the bench when he's his best version of himself. I just don't know if that will continue or if last season was um, just more of a blip on the radar for him. It's, Father time's undefeated. That's the issue. That's where I'm Very at. True. Your team is also, the one thing I'll say about your team, you've got Obi, who's incredibly fast, where it needs to push the pace. This is why Dennis Smith Jr. would actually be perfect for this. Mm-hmm. And then you have someone in Rose who's a little bit slower, has to be more in the half court by this point. So you've got contrasting styles, but I think you could find the opportunity to work if you, well, if Rose can, can find that extra gear to really push it. We'll finagle it. Yeah, get a good coach. So, <laughs> Tibbs um, it has to be a yeah. former coach. We should pick coaches. We should pick because I think there's enough former Knicks that have become. Uh, coaches. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, I was thinking you were going to say coaches who were 
who coached the Knicks who are coaching no. now. And there aren't a lot of those guys. No, uh, but co- co- former player, former Nick players who are now NBA coaches. We could definitely, we could finish the draft off with that, but we'll, sure. let's get there first. Uh, whose pick is Andrew? It's your pick. Taj Gibson. He's, he's not on a team. He's right not. Now. Yeah. He's not technically on a team, but he's a, but he's not retired. He's active. No, the whole point that you said in your text was they have to be on the team. Did I say on a team or did I say I'm gonna, active? Uh, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to read the, I'm going to read the, the exact text. Has, has to be an active, active player. player. Has to have played Boom. one game. Well, for the Knicks. Yep. Kemba Walker available. I was about to say like, yeah, by that definition, sure. Kemba would be available. Mm-hmm. I'm not picking him, but Listen, All right, Gibson, he's not signed anywhere. Touch Gibson. He is not. Wow. What's wrong with the league? It's a great question. Man, Pick Taj. Yeah. I am. I don't have a center right now. And it's very slim pickings at center at the moment. I need somebody to counteract. This is a weird team I've put together. Tim Hardaway Jr., Alec Burks, Wesley Matthews, and Taj Gibson. You also missed a center that I would have picked ahead of Taj. I know who you look at the list. I know who you're talking about. I mean, we're, we've all picked centers by this point, so it shouldn't matter. Um, but I would have absolutely picked Robin Lopez over Taj. Oh, I probably would have too. Now I think about it, but I didn't. And you know what? I can still put Taj as my four on the comeback. You could. You could do that. We'll see. All right. Yeah, I'll take Taj just because I want to pick with my heart here. A fine, a fine selection. Yes. Jeremy, your last two picks. My last two picks. <sighs> well, I mean, realistically speaking, I need some sort of wing depth. And this is where it gets really tricky. Hold on. You have the chance to do one of the funniest things with your last two picks because I'm realizing the two positions you have available. That's yeah. Who does, who's on your roster again? Catch us up. Porzingis. Christoph Porzingis. Uh, I have Marcus Morris and I have Dennis Smith Jr. Okay. So, see, here's where I'm at. I could opt for someone who I know is going to give me some of the best offense and spacing that I need, but their defense is so terrible that I'll, it'll just be an unmitigated disaster. Um, and it'll be a little too large. I need, you know, I'm, I, would all right, go, you know I would go with the guy you're talking about, but that's just me. Keep going. Right. But based on the construction of my roster, I mean, okay. I, I think I've got it. I, I think I have it. The first person that I'm going to go with, uh, it will be, oh no, I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> I can't, I can't, no, I, I ah. Just do it. So to be clear, yes. Dennis Smith Jr., Marcus Morris, Christos Porzingis. So you've got a one, you've got a four, you've got a, a five. five. So yes, in that in a manner of speaking. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'm going to go with Cam Reddish. Oh, that's one. That's one. <laughs> I told you this has a chance. You kids do something incredible. Um, so <laughs> the reason I'm going with Cam Reddish over Doug McDermott in this case is I. I actually feel like Cam can do more on the defensive end than I need to cover up a lot. He does give you the length. I have to really hope the shot comes around and I hate the spacing that is between uh, him and Dennis Smith Jr. It really is frustrating. I'm just going to say this now. There's a player I think you can take at the two that will be a draft winning pick. Oh, it's obvious. I, I would think agree. You will win the draft if you make a certain pick at number two. I agree because you get all the hives. You you I will would, have quarter. You have hives. every hive possible <laughs> to do. And if you want a basketball, make make it make basketball sense. Um, you want if you have defensive concerns with other places on your team, then there's your answer. Put this guy at the two. Yeah, I mean his defense was not great last year from how I followed, but um, and the shooting is. Very is, hit or miss is the shoes gets yes. it gets so clunky. I just let me ask you a general question. Yeah, go ahead. And uh, it, it, don't try to, you know, screw um, me over. It's an honest answer. Question. It seriously, would you put Cam Reddish as your two guard? I uh, probably not. Is that a real probably, question? I'd probably want. <laughs> it is a real question. Well, okay. <laughs> that looks as what, well. I know you wouldn't put cameras anywhere on a basketball yeah. court, John. But if you, you had put to him as put him, I wouldn't put him anywhere near the arena. No, yeah. I'm aware. But if you had to have him on a court, like I do, as I selected him, whereabouts would you go? I would put him at the three. The I three. think the fully realized version of him is taking advantage of his wingspan and putting him at the three. 
Fair enough. Okay. So I'm, uh, I'm not going to, I'm going to take that into consideration and I'm going to agree with you and I'm going to pick a journeyman who uh, I think makes more sense for this team. Uh, and that would be uh, one Justin holiday. What might play meaningful minutes. There's that word again for the defending NBA champs based on yes. the guys that they based on the guys that they lost. And like, is he better than Reggie Jackson at this point in his career? I kind of, kind of think so. So uh, I'm at the point right now where as much as I would love to pick Frank, I just feel as though I, I can trust Justin Holiday a little bit more than I can with Frank. With Frank's shot, it's a bit riskier. And since I already have Dennis Smith Jr. and Cam Reddish in there, who are not the best floor spacers, I need someone who, granted, did not shoot super well, but shot well enough over... I mean, the season before last, he shot almost 37%. Um, for that, 38 and 40. So he is on the decline. I fully get that. But I, I'd like my chances a bit more than I would with Frank. I think it's fair. You picked the better player. Again, if you had taken Frank, he'd be your two guard next to Dennis Smith Jr. You'd have the eighth and the ninth pick in the draft from 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have Cam. So you'd have the that back-to-back of hives that would vote for you when this thing goes live. And I got to think objectively... I think well, you had the one pick, so it's well, once you get Porzingis, you you this is probably the case, but you probably have the best team too. I mean, here's um, the thing, Andrew. I don't. I I didn't need to pick Frank to feel like no, I have you the didn't. best team. Oh, because you have Porzingis. Because yeah. I have Porzingis. Yeah. So I just thought it would have been funny if you ended oh, up yeah. with that 100%. specific collection of five players. But All I right. need you know I needed a West Matthews type to really. I West got sadly, dogs on my team. Sadly, the great Wes Matthews himself was taken. Yes. So unfortunately, I'm surprised he went as low as he did. Yes. Wes Matthews. Only um, two spots on the all-time list behind Kevin Durant. Three-pointers in his career. Um, speaking of three-pointers, um, and speaking of the ninth pick in the NBA draft, my last pick will be someone that uh, John held a soft spot in his heart for because he met his dad when he was covering the Knicks in that brief stint that you were at Sports Illustrated. And anytime I brought up the Knicks need to send this guy to the moon, you were like, oh, I feel bad. I, I like he, he's persevered. He's had a rough go of it. Oh, you know, my I, God. I think I didn't, write his, I didn't write his name down either. I'm going with Kevin Knox, former Knicks lottery pick. Um, Is he on a roster? No. I think what I'm. He's not on a roster. That's why we didn't write him down. So I've got the undrafted's going on right now. So shout out Kevin Knox, who did find his way to a second NBA contract, which the which more is, you, his dad said that's, was the, like, goal, that's the goal, get a second NBA contract. Um, I think what my official strategy in hindsight ended up being is has anybody ever gotten zero of the percentage in a poll when we put these up before? So I'm, that's that's what I'm aiming for. It's I'm I'm so addicted to immaculate grade. I'm going for the lowest number well, we'll, possible. John, we'll go through our our rosters in a moment. Um, I have one, I have pick. one more pick. Yes, <laughs> I um some players who are not going to get drafted. Um, number one, uh, the only player I believe who played minutes in the finals this year, uh, DeAndre Jordan. Did not get. Did he drafted, play a minute in the finals? He absolutely he played minutes in the finals dur- during a competitive game. Yeah, um, and you know held up uh, fine. Um, DeAndre Jordan played three minutes in the NBA Finals this year. That's three more minutes than these other guys played, um, and he's back with them for another year. For what it's worth, he's their top. Um, you're right. There's a guy I cannot believe, and I can't draft him because it's just he's too. I can't put him at the three or Obi or Bobby, but I cannot believe Danilo Gallinari is not going to get drafted in this thing. Um, I love Gallo. I still think Gallo has one more NBA season left in him where he's a helpful piece to a team. Um, So Gallinari, uh, Luke Cornett, not going to get drafted. You know, Celtics really good. He played minutes for them last year. Um, And you mentioned Robin Lopez. He's again signed to play with his brother. And then I guess I should mention Austin Rivers, right? Is he on a team? He's not. I, he's not? 
I don't believe perfect for my team then. Was it? He was on Denver last year, right? I think he was on Denver. He was. I just don't um, think he's been signed by anyone. I don't think. He oh no! Uh, yeah, he last played for the Timberwolves, and I don't think he's been. He oh, wasn't on he, Denver last year. He got in that fight with Mo Bamba during the season. Oh, maybe I got it confused. Talked yeah. about it. He um, was, he was traded to to Minnesota, though. He didn't sign with Minnesota. I forget. It's it's so, it's so much. Whatever. It, we're talking about Austin Rivers. The the two guys that I'm deciding between are the one who I said I don't want to be left with as my starting point guard, um, Frank Nilakina, <laughs> and the guy that I think you were toying with taking, Doug, Doug McBuckets. Was that who you were toying about? Okay. It was. And also Rivers was not traded. I was wrong. He just straight with Minnesota. But okay. yes. Um, so I have uh, Reggie Bullock, Derek Rose, got to play Derek Rose at the one. And Bullock, I could I could slot Bullock down to the three. Um, and then I have my two bigs. So it's basically do I want Frank as my starting two guard or starting three? I don't I don't know which of those is better or worse. Um, or do I, I go be big? honest? What? John, I think the same thing I said to Jeremy. I think taking Frank here is the draft winning pick. So hmm. Yeah, but Dougie, Dougie McBuckets, man. I look. I know he was on San Antonio last year, and they sucked. And he probably can't play defense anymore, which is why I think Jeremy bypassed him. But man, to be able to put that level of shooter around Obi, and for that matter, Bobby Portis, and, and with Reggie Bullock, and then to have Derek Rose as my point guard, I gotta tell you, I would talk myself into that team scoring some points. I absolutely would. <laughs> I think that the said, team that what? faces your team also talks Good lord. That's that's <laughs> many a, points. The defense, so then the, so the then the question is, yeah. is is Frank going to make the difference as a defender and like is he going to you know versus like what he's what I'm going to not get on offense. Look, I agree with you Andrew if I was going for the win, Frank would be the easy pick. It wouldn't be true to it wouldn't be true to me trying to do this exercise the right way, which is to build the best team. I'm going to go with Doug, Doug, Doug McDermott as my last pick. Um, do I get real quick? Do you want to do coaches very fast? Let's do it. Yes. I will uh, say uh, McDermott is the right pick based on that spot. I agreed. I think so. Um, okay. Coaches that are eligible and make sure I'm not missing anybody. Uh, Jason Kidd, Chauncey Billups, uh, Scotty Brooks is not coaching in the league right now, right? He is not. He's no, not. he is not. But uh, as we've as we've yeah. seen, if you just want to go, if we, but he's he has not retired as an NBA coach. Correct. So yeah. there's that. Scotty Brooks. Um, and, and by that definition, has Doc Rivers retired? Was, Doc Rivers is yeah. available to be picked. Um, Monty Williams. Monty Williams, absolutely. Oh, yeah. that's my pick. Yeah, Monty Williams. First, since I get the first pick, Monty Williams. Okay. Um, that's the obvious one. Yeah, it's a good. Pick. I will continue with my all unlikable team and go to Ime Udoka with my pick. Oh my god, he was on the Knicks. Yeah, perfect. But that Man. was my my head coach of this team. That is not going to get any votes. Not going to get anything done. Uh, and then Jeremy, your pick will be my pick. Um, let's see. So the funny thing would be if I picked Doc Rivers, but I'm not going to. Did Carlisle ever play for the Knicks? And that's where I'm going. That's where you're going. Rick Carlisle played 26 games for the Knicks. Now, it's not like he had the best time coaching Porzingis. There were certainly issues, but I think I would hope... Huh. Maybe there's some maturity. Luke is not there. Right. There's different schemes that can work here. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Carlisle and uh, NBA championship winning coach. He's had some great stops wherever he's gone. So uh, I feel even better about my team. And he had Dennis Jr., which actually probably doesn't work in my favor. I was about to say, yeah. that's, I don't think he's going <laughs> to walk through the door, see Dennis Jr. and be happy. Sorry, but, you know. Oh, no. But wait, did, Billy Donovan. Yeah, my, Billy Donovan. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right. So I was, Chauncey I was Billups? about to say it out loud, but. Chauncey Billups is the I mentioned Billups. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you said I was yeah. sorry. So it's, it's quite all right. Um anyway. 
Yeah, no, that wow, it's a lot of former coaches that or former Knicks that are that are um did Jacques Vaughn play for the Knicks? Who? Jacques Vaughn. I don't think so. Off the top of my head, I'll be happy to say I was wrong if that turns out to be not the case. Let's read um, teams and I'll look that up. Okay. Yeah. Uh so my team, um, from point guard on down, Derek Rose, uh do, do, do Reggie Bullock, Doug McDermott. Um, Obi Toppin and Bobby Portis. I said it's a, it's a fun little team. Uh, coached by uh, Monty Williams. I'll say it right now. That would not be a last place team if they played in the league next year. Jeremy. My team is uh, Dennis Smith Jr., Justin Holiday, Cam Reddish, Marcus Morris, Chris Stops Porzingis, coached by Rick Carlisle. I got to say, very happy with my team. Certainly helps starting at the top with Porzingis. But uh, I think this is a well-balanced team. It's got the right levels of age and uh, offense, defense works together nicely. Is it perfect? By no means. I still think it would be an under 500 team. And yet, all things being said, I think it would still be the best team on this grouping. It's respectable. You you need some comeback seasons from Holiday and Morris, I think. And you need your players to stay alive for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Andrew <past> four. <laughs> Please read your roster. <clears throat> so my team, starting at center, number number 67 in your programs, but number one in your hearts, Taj Gibson. Um, at my power forward, um, just straight up a bucket getter, Kevin Knox. Uh, at my starting small forward, just six shy from Kobe Bryant. And we will have the ceremony when it happens, when he passes Kobe Bryant on the all-time three-point, three-pointers made list, Wesley Matthews. At the point guard, we've got noted great point guard in Nick's history, Alec Burks. And nobody had any protest to him playing point guard. And former Nick draft pick, and then former Nick free agent signing, Tim Hardaway Jr., coached by the unquestionable character of Ime Udoka. You've you've assembled the most unwatchable team possible yes. in this exercise. Congratulations. Yes. That's Vote really for me, good job folks. by you. John, um, at least we don't have Andrew's team. We can agree. Uh, yeah. Listen, I don't think I want Andrew's team at this point. But what's the two the the uh the two the, the meme with the two arms? Uh Oh, uh, the the predator meme where you guys you are you Sanava Beach, and then you guys shake hands. Yes. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, this was fun. Uh, or something else. I don't know. I had fun. Uh, Jeremy, did you have fun? I did. I had a great time. Wonderful, Andrew. I'm not going to ask you if you had fun. <laughs> um, anything? I don't even know when this is airing. Anything we should say before we get out of here? This is airing Monday. And oh, okay. Yes. There's a trivia question. John, you said there's only one player who is in FIBA. Oh, yeah. Right. Or uh, or one other than... Well, okay. Bob so, is the only one that I... But but that is still on an NBA roster. You, you're going to correct me. Yes. So, uh, well, Evan Fournier is playing, but he's obviously still in the Knicks. Does not qualify here. But Frank Nielakina is also on that Fran- French he national is? team. He is? I didn't even realize that. So, I didn't even get that. Kumpo is on the Greek team. Uh, and there's one other player who we did not list, who was on the Knicks, who you're going to be like, how did I not get this guy? One of Kristaps Porzingis' best friends. He plays uh, for Billy. Billy Hernan Gomez. He's he on an on, NBA roster? Oh. Isn't he on the Pelicans? Oh, maybe yeah. he is. I don't even know. Yes, he, he is. Mm-hmm. At least he was last year when I was doing my research. I think there's a great chance that a team comprised of, let's go with Frank, uh, Luke Cornett, Hernan Gomez, um, and oh. name Frank. Uh, no, two other players that weren't drafted. Trying to think, two other players that weren't. Thanasis, Thanasis, and Gallo um, could get more votes than Andrew's team that he's put. It absolutely I mean, beat my team. So uh, Hernan Gomez uh, is his cap hold. So that means he's okay. So it's a free agent. But again, if we're going by the standards of they don't have to be on an NBA roster yeah. like Kevin Knox and Taj Gibson, both of whom are on uh, Andrew's sad sack of a team, then it, it totally works out. So, uh, what's, what's up to? 
I just realized we were like, if we did this draft three months earlier, I could have taken Mello. Yeah, because yes, you could have. It's true. Damn. Oh, well. Once again, I don't get Mello in a draft. I should have had him be my coach. I'm sure we coaches is like youth, uh, his son or whatever. His son. Yeah. Those yeah, videos are go. great. All right. She we can wrap nice. up. Um, okay. Uh, thanks everybody uh, for checking out another episode of the next film school podcast. Again, keep your eyes peeled on the YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed, subscribe and obviously on your podcast feed, because um, you know, when it, when it, when it is warranted, uh, we will chime in on what's going on in FIBA, even if it's, you know, as the intro to another pod or whatever the case may be. But uh, stick here for, for that. And uh, yeah, hope everybody's enjoying their summer. And uh, we will be back with more fun and games very soon. Take care. Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.